0: welcome again to the podcast so good that you're with us and i hope uh today wherever you're listening whether it's getting up in the morning for your coffee and going for work or you're going for a jog or you put it on in the car as you're driving somewhere or you just you just put it on late at night which is probably more my style as you're going to sleep and hoping that you won't fall asleep but welcome to the podcast so good that you're with us and um I uh, trust that today you'll pick up some real encouragement to push you forward as a disciple maker, a practitioner, uh, to go and start groups and uh, to be a group starter. Uh, we We are so believing in making disciples and starting groups that gather around the Word and the Spirit and doing what God wants to do and seeing disciples that multiply. I'm Dave. This is Conversations as You Go podcast, and today we have Mike from Hong Kong and Stephen Mel from Far North Queensland, two of my favourites, uh, who uh, who are just uh, amazing people in the harvest. There, I, I learn from them every time I am with them, and uh, I want to be like them. So, welcome to the podcast, guys. Good to good to have you here.
1: Hey Dave, thanks Dave,
2: thanks for having us. Hey everybody, great to talk to you again. <laughs>
0: Yeah, awesome, awesome, and I uh, just um just wanted to drag you guys in and 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 get us sparking in the area of starting groups and and some of the keys there. Uh, both of you have you know by God's grace been working in the harvest and you've seen groups started and. And you've um, you you're seeing some really exciting things, and I'm just wondering. Uh, maybe um, I'll start first with Stephen Mel. Give us a bit of your context. Tell us um, tell us about what you're doing, where you're doing, and what does it look like?
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, our context is North Queensland, um, up into Papua New Guinea as well, in the Western Province. Um, our main focus at the moment, I would say we're in a season where we're pushing hard into far north Queensland, particularly um, Indigenous communities throughout Cape York, um, but also still staying connected and encouraging and spurring on disciple makers throughout the rest of the region.
3: Yeah, and, and soon, soon we'll be going into, yeah, PNG. I'll be heading into PNG next month and um, just seeing some of the groups Um, seeing how they're going and encouraging them to continue to multiply. Um, so yeah, just, just, um, really encouraged by what God is doing throughout the north and also into PNG.
0: Yeah, Steve, you visited PNG a little while ago and started a number of groups, and you've been hearing reports of multiplication coming out of that, haven't you? How many, how many groups are running up there in, in West Papua New Guinea now?
3: Yeah, there's, last I heard, there's approximately 90 different groups. So they're just, um, yeah, from one village it started and they're just multiplying out throughout all the other different villages. And yeah, God is, God is moving through these men who started in the harvest. They weren't actually Christians to start with. They were men in the harvest. And these guys got a passion to seek the lost and, um, to be discipled and mentored themselves and be transformed. And they just wanted to share what happened to them to everyone else around them. So, um just the really exciting stuff happening there and we're getting invited to all different places throughout this region where this is starting to happen
0: so good so good to see movement catalyzed yeah. there and and mike tell us a bit about your situation
2: well we're we're in hong kong um you know i i describe this differently every time because i i learn and grow uh, in this thing, and I, I, I don't know exactly how to describe what we're doing. I, I, I guess we started. It's sort of like we're we're a prayer meeting that's gone out of control. Hmm. You know, we we just started praying. Um, during, uh, everybody knows about the Hong Kong protests, right? Hmm. People who, you know, we had the the protests, and uh, about several years ago, and we just got a little core team got really concerned about Hong Kong, and we started praying for that. And not really with direction at first. And then we met some DMM people. Uh, Grant out there in uh, New Zealand. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he was in Hong Kong at the time and he introduced the DMM principles to us and uh, through that got to know Praxis. And um, a little team formed and um, that team has grown. And uh, I'm actually, I, I don't know the amount of groups here. We're, I know we're over 60. We're hitting a tipping point right now. We we had uh, Dr. Ayla Tassi come down. We, we we never had a real formal training. We haven't been able to because of the the pandemic, but once the travel things opened up in Hong Kong, he he uh, he came out and did a formal training for us. We had about 60 people there and got some new catalysts And board. That was just over the New Year's holiday. And um I'm hearing reports that some of our newer people, some of them started 30 groups. So we we might I don't know where we're at exactly we might but we might have we might have doubled <laughs> I don't know I don't know if we've doubled we might have we might have added about thirty percent to that and so we, we 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 work in you know I'm not I'm not a traditional missionary in the sense that I'm very strategic I I just kind of look at what we do we, we're a prayer group out of control let's just keep praying keep asking God for DMM keep building team keep empowering sending out. And so we're, we're, we don't have one target, we're, you know, we're a city, we're, in, we're like any urban place, we're very diverse, so different people in our team focus on different people. My wife and I focus probably primarily on local Hong Kong Chinese, my wife is from Hong Kong, and you know, my, my Chinese is abysmal, my, <laughs> my language skills. So I get a lot of help from her in that, and a lot of translation help, and I'm, I'm trying to learn. But then we have other people who focus on uh, the Filipino uh, domestic workers community. We have people who focus on the refugee community. Um, so we're kind of a, a mixed of all of the above. Um, and I, I guess we're um, we're not just—I I don't think of us as going after one particular affinity group. We're just going after Hong Kong. We're going after this city. So.
0: The yeah. saturation vision. Hmm. Yeah, and Mike. Um, so, so you, there's there's a, a sense of this just being very viral and people picking it up. But you haven't started all these groups, have you? You've learnt the secret of multiplication, which is to multiply workers. Luke ten, pray for workers for the harvest. It, how how's that looking for you?
2: Well, I don't know if I learned the secret. <laughs> um, it's uh yeah I I definitely haven't started all the groups um you know we we have people on the team so for example uh, Bruce um he he's uh he's one of the guys who started with us right at the beginning in fact he knew about DMM before I we even met him and he kept talking about it, but I didn't I didn't get it at first and um uh but Bruce is a he's extremely gifted at training fight, and deploying people. Um, you know, and he is probably, he's one of the people who's a- been able to take existing pastors, missionaries, Christian workers, and help them with the vision, you know, motivate them to join a, a, a you know, a DMM training time. And, and he's deployed quite a bit of people. I, you know, everybody on our team has different gifts. I, I say for me and my wife, we are, we're harvest people. Uh, I got frustrated. At the beginning, I was I was kind of working with a traditional church as a, a lay pastor uh, in the international uh, segment of their ministry, working with international people. It was a local Chinese church. And um, God bless them. They're wonderful people. They're still wonderful friends. But I, I eventually moved away from that role because I just got frustrated with trying to mix the harvest stream with the traditional legacy church stream. So we, 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 we personally, my wife, we created some space. We, we, we were like, okay, we're, we're, I'm going to, I'm going to resign from my formal position. And, um, in Hong Kong, it's very busy urban place. So I'm going to stop coming to church on Sundays (laughs) because that's the only time people have off in our, in our culture amongst the local Chinese. They work so much. And if I want to meet with them, I got to make some space. And so that was, that was my, that was our story. And we just started uh, prayer walking. We, you know, we didn't do anything so novel. We did the things you're supposed to do in DMM. We, we we started prayer groups. We started prayer walking. We started blessing people in our community, and looked to see who invited us to their house and fed us. And that's kind of how we started. But but then you know that that's I thought that was the way to do it. But that that was what. There are other people in our in our group now who have. Gone back into the legacy church and said that's where I'm going to find my workers and they're starting to see some traction and then there are people who were part of an existing uh, particularly one was part of an existing refugee ministry and you know once he got in fire and excited he had the authority and the and the, the anointing really you know to to just gather all his volunteer work and says, okay, we're doing DMm now you're all starting DBSs and that has seemed to work for him so i don't I don't know if I know the secret. Just pray, 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 pray.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like the longer, the longer you do this stuff, the more you realise like there's no no real rigid formula. Hey, it's <laughs> wherever the Spirit of God moves and he moves people in different ways.
3: Yeah, and I think one of the yeah. keys that we, we found too, Mike, was um, actually moving out of that um, legacy or traditional church and doing it on the, like you said, on the Sundays or on the weekends and going and finding these people of peace during the times where normally where like a lot of that time is is put into the traditional church, like what we, what we would um, be a part of, and we'd actually spend a lot of time in that space. But now we've got so much more time on a weekend to actually reach those who are in the harvest and um, live life with them, you know, uh, go and have fun with them, but just, then actually, just have spiritual conversations with them, see where they're at, and then try and find these people at peace. I think I think we try and make it too complicated this um, DMM process. I think we just get back to the the simple uh, DMM process, and it comes naturally, I believe. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you know, it's like you said. It's it's sort of like uh, when you say it's a simple process. Yeah, there, there's there's some highlights you gotta hit basically you know we we that pro. I I love those engage Africa videos. You know, you got to be praying, you got to be doing some kind of access ministry. What what's your excuse to be in in the harvest community? You know, as a we we first tried to do it in our legacy church because that's what we knew. That's where we you know, we'll find people in our church who are far from God or who stopped coming or are on the fringes and um but, you know, eventually, for us, we, we realized we really need to, you no, know, we need to go directly to the heart of people who had never been in church before, people who've never heard it, you know, and there's a lot of people like that in Hong Kong. Around, statistics will vary according to who you talk to, but 85 to 95% of our population does not set foot in a church, you know, and, and doesn't know the difference between Santa Claus, Easter Bunny, and Jesus Christ. So, that that's that's Hong Kong. So, you know, we just had to stop uh filling your time with the existing Christian culture and go out we're surrounded by a secular culture. Go out into the secular the the you know the idolatrous local Chinese traditional religion culture. Get into that culture and um but I like what you said about it being simple. It's kinda of like a diet, you know? Yeah. Effective diets yes. are really simple. the The hard part is doing it in a sustained yeah. way. Yeah,
3: exactly right. Yeah. Absolutely. You, you know,
2: anybody who yeah, anybody who says I've got the secret, you know, I've got a diet where you don't have to eat less and you don't have to exercise. Don't believe them, right? That's yeah.
0: <laughs> it just doesn't work that way. I want that diet. <laughs> yeah.
2: And, and so, can you? Can you? If you're not having success losing weight, it's because you're not restricting your calories. You're not eating less than you burn. So you're not, you're not restricting your calories, probably that's the most important thing, and you're not exercising in a sustained way. And, and most people, you know, they, they say about Christianity, it's a famous quote is that um, it's not that people have tried Christianity and found it wanting, it's that they haven't really tried it. And it's, 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 I find it's the same thing with DMM. And, I, I, you know, I meet people sometimes who quit on DMM. Oh, yeah, we used to do DMM. About 10 years ago, we heard about DM, we tried, that didn't work for us. And when I begin to, to dig and ask questions, okay, so how many prayer meetings did you start? How, how often were you praying? What, what were your, how did you gather your team? How did you, what were your access ministries? You know, how, how did you find person, persons of peace? How many DBSs did you start? And you begin to ask these questions, and what, what, what they really mean is they, they kind of tried it like a flavor of the month. But they didn't keep on hitting all of these parts of, of. I don't want to call it a plan because we all know it's not just a plan, right? But they weren't trying to hit all the parts of this organism in a sustained way. And if you keep on hitting all these things in a sustained way, you're 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 multiplying prayer, you're growing your team, you're you're you have active access ministries, you have you you know you're collecting. Of attracting persons of peace, you're you're starting DBSs, you're you're getting them baptized and trying to start... Tra- if you keep on doing that in a sustained way, you, you'll you begin to make traction. It might take a couple of years or more, you know?
0: No, I remember talking to Dave Watson and he says, you know, re- research uh, tells us, you know, from starting to starting to get traction takes a good seven years or, or you know, average, you know, so to really get things multiplying and you know i and i think a lot of that is a lot of the learns that have to happen in in the unlearning and the learning of how to how to be a disciple maker guys um you know let i'm just gonna say we we were pre-walking in the north of our city melbourne and uh on sunday when we jumped into this place this culture i felt like i was such an outsider i felt like i i spoke I had a different kind of language. Most people in this inner northern suburbs of Melbourne very sophisticated, very um, you know, uh, they're, they're, they're environmentalists. They're concerned for uh, the the nice coffee that they're going to drink, the environment, and and um, and they've, they've walked away from church. But a lot of young families and a lot of people there, they're in there, they're very classy. Um, pushes. Some people were pushing their dogs around rather than taking their dog for a walk. They were pushing their dogs around in the in the this in the dog.
2: Like <laughs> <laughs>
0: and, and I just felt like, ah, oh, we're praying, and I'm saying, God, how do we reach this? It's kind of like we're talking a different language. Now, if I came to you guys and said we got zero here. We're just starting to pray. We're jumping into a culture that looks and feels so different. And I'm so unaccustomed to this. And I reckon a lot of people, when they're starting, they're so used to being churchy and the culture is church and the language is different. The culture feels really different. What were the big learns for you guys to actually break through some of those barriers and start in the harvest? And let's imagine that situation. Imagine you're... You're telling me what to do here, right? And, and you're saying, Dave, these are some of the things you're going to have to learn and these are some of the things you're going to have to do if you're going to see groups started in this different kind of culture. Very unchurched, by the way, this part of northern Melbourne. There's very unchurched. Uh, churches are closing down everywhere. What, what would be some of the stuff you'd say to me?
1: And I, like me personally, I would probably just uh, suggest... Doing a lot of observing before you jump into any particular idea. So, um, while you're praying and observing, just kind of, just waiting on the spirit to show you, um, what to look for and to kind of be able to read the people and the way that they think and, um, and what, what makes them fired up, like what gets them excited? What are they passionate about? And also, I think something that um, is really interesting, and I've seen God do this in my life too, and I've got to get better at it, but is being able to hear the Holy Spirit say, hey, I want you to look into this hobby or this particular topic, because down the track, it's actually going to relate to the harvest that you're going to be working in. And it's a really good point of connection, um, which is authentic and genuine. So, yeah, just being able to be led by the Spirit to a lot of observing and then taking those opportunities when they arise to engage in conversation.
3: Yeah. I think also Dave, I, like, I think you can't, you yourself can't be like them because they're, they're already, um, a different culture. Um, and you don't need to fit that culture, but you, like, obviously the first thing is to pray, um, and go to them and find a person of peace within that group to reach that group because you can't reach every group. Um so I'd be yeah, that's my suggestion. It's like just,
1: surveying the land yeah, kind of thing. Survey
3: the land. Ask yeah. God to bring someone to you or observe mm-hmm. people and find someone who is a person of peace, who is hungry, um, to hear about our God. Um, who will actually uh continue to meet with you. I think that's a that's one of the main steps is if they're continuing to meet with you, um and they're hungry to meet with you, it is very important in that process. So that yeah. We all know what a person of peace is, but I think the hunger to continue meeting is a very, I think that's primary in in yeah. the step.
1: And it's like every time it's different too. Like like I was just talking about, you know, doing a lot of observing and waiting, but then there's times where you go into a new place and it's just like bang, it just happens and God puts a person of peace in front of you. So I don't know, every every situation is different, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. But it all comes down to being led by the Spirit yeah. and not Quenching the spirit, the seeing what God's doing,
2: yeah. Hmm. I So you guys are? Do you work with one particular uh, Mel and Steve? Do you work with one particular um, like ethnic group or, or affinity group? So you're you're kind of like what I'm doing. You're, you're just kind of you're in the geographic area, and if, whether it be First Nations people or whether it would be, we're, okay. yeah, we're
3: working with. Um, a, whole range. a whole range of people, uh, right from um, doctors, tradies. Um, and
1: even different it, um, ethnicities, ethnicities as well.
3: Like there's a whole heap of South Koreans that um, are yeah. gathering together now. So it doesn't matter for us which yeah. group of people we go to. It's Whoever's, it's just the saturation yeah. method of who's that person of peace, investing in them. And and um helping them reach that table.
2: Well that's that isn't that key, like you finding that if you don't have that inside leader, you don't have anything, right? To that's start right. with. You gotta you've gotta find that inside leader. And that's what we found too. It's like if you have the inside leader, you know, I met I I met last night with an imam uh from a local mosque and, and I was meeting with these guys for about I don't know quite a while quite but, but I I felt like we weren't making any progress so I took a break and just prayed for them and and about 6 months after they started calling hey we really want to meet so I met with them again last night and I I just challenged them I said are you guys ready to obey do you do you, you know I, we're good friends I said I love you guys I'd love to keep me with you but are are you you know we weren't getting good be- obedience statements out of them previously we weren't getting you know who am I going to share with? They weren't answering those things in a very sincere way, and um, so I don't know what else to call it. We had a little bit of a come to Jesus meeting last night. I said, "If you want to keep meeting, if you want to resume meeting, you know, you you need to show me that you're really interested in this. Like you're really interested in obeying and you're interested in and in sharing. And when you have that, then you have everything, you know. And so you know, he's he's an imam. He would seem like and and the talk even last night was well if we're going to do this do you want to do this with are you going to gather the other guys in the mosque and and um you know so but if you don't have that if i don't have i sometimes i found that i've got to have some discernment about do i have a real person to peace because hmm. hmm. in my enthusiasm i i you know when you're when you're a hammer you see nails everywhere and my enthusiasm was a dmm guy Oh, you smile at me. You're a person of peace. You know, wow, you know, you yeah. you invited me to a birthday party. You must be a person of peace. Yeah, I know. am so
1: excited. Hi.
2: Yeah. Hi. And you've, you've got to have some filters. You've got to be willing to do what Jesus did at times and send people away. And say, you know, Jesus, you guys just looking for another miracle so you can get some more bread and fishes. You know, and, and, and um, so I found that. That's something I did. You don't learn that in the first six months. That's great. In the first six months, yeah, everybody is a person of peace, but but after you've been doing it a couple of years you begin to you know the, sometimes the devil will i don't know if it's the devil but you know the pro you know the opposition side the it, it'll it'll send you false persons a piece to get you wrapped up with somebody who's not ready yet and that will really consume your time and that took me time to figure out that okay i I've got to be willing to step away doesn't mean I gotta stop stop loving does't mean I have to stop praying for them but I'm not going to meet with them every week and 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 spend my time with somebody who if they're not really a person of peace but if they are if you have that person of peace you have everything
0: right wow so i'm really i'm really hearing you guys telling me go in start to pray take time observe the culture start to find connection points but your key is to wait till you've got a person of peace who can who can be the inside leader and start to establish groups and multiply Fantastic. Now, that sounds really good in theory. And I reckon that in itself is a a massive paradigm shift for most amount of Christian mission, right? It's not me that does the ministry here. It's God lining up that prepared person who's hungry, and you're pouring into a God, you know, hunger. And they're the ones who, who take off and do the ministry of multiplication. They you make a disciple to make disciples, you know, and that's there. Sounds so good in theory. What are the keys for me? To discern, and Mike was just saying, yeah, you know, some people come along and they, they look like a person of peace and they're just a major distraction. And others, you know, your first six months, you, the first person that smiles at you, remember Floyd McClung saying this, the first person that smiles at you is not necessarily a person of peace. <laughs> mm. And, uh, and uh, so, how do you guys discern? And you kind of pointed and alluded to it, some of the, I heard that obedience stuff um, and hunger. And you alluded to it before, Steve, of their wanting to continue to meet with you. Uh, there's a, a fair bit of agency or self-initiation in them to, to do that. How, how do I discern that, really? Give me some more practical keys of finding the person of peace and starting groups.
2: Mm,
1: I think for us, um, it's like we were having a conversation about this uh, this morning when we were walking up at you. We were. Um, just talking about, you know, what is it? What, what is it about the people who have proven to be people of peace? And we just can't get past the whole, they're open, they're hungry and they're sharing. Like we can rename those things. Like we can say, Oh, they're teachable. Like they don't think they know everything. Um, we can say that they're, you know, almost bordering on some of them desperate to know God, like they're, which is they're super hungry. Um, and the sharing thing, you, if you don't, you could have two of those things and they still won't be a leader or they won't be a multiplier. Mm. You need all three. Uh, we just can't get past them, but there's, there's also a, um, I don't know, there is a degree of chemistry as well, we think, where you just can connect with them mm. and you, you kind of, um, you enjoy hanging out, even if there's, it's a little bit um, sometimes you're calling things out, there's still that, that connection that keeps you together. Um, yeah.
3: Yeah, I think another thing is like what Mel shared before was teachability. We actually, we've found in what we've done is pe- there are people that we uh, have so much hope for but then they revert back to um, the d- traditional ways of doing things and they don't want to be taught the new wine skins, like how to actually do DMM. But the, you know, so the teachability is a huge key, I think, um, within uh, Western culture um, mm. because sometimes we think we know it all, we've actually heard mm. about the Lord and we actually know what, what he's about, but the teachability of how to actually, you know, how do we see a move of the Holy Spirit throughout this land um, that is different that than it used, like that happened before. So, I think the teachability is key. Yeah,
1: actually, one thing we did pick up on was they need to have time. Yep. If they're too busy, it's just not going to happen, and they're they're either going to burn out or they're just not going to be able to do it. So time, they they can't be time poor. They've gotta have time, and and maybe maybe at the beginning they won't, and then they'll see the necessity of it, and they'll drop things to make space, but
2: yeah but for it to work, they need to have time hmm. do you Do you guys also find when you when you talk about connecting with a person of peace um do you find that you know my person, you know my person of peace might not be somebody else's person of peace so yeah. in other words, 100%. I can't just say
0: yes I found this
2: person yeah. of peace I'm going to pass them off to you, Joe. Because yeah, their so person are, of peace, okay. you'll be successful. Yeah, you know, and, and because there is that chemistry. There is that point where there, they're, they're, that person of peace is your person of peace because they like you. If they don't like you, it, 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 you know, because everything, I, I definitely say, I thought we were pretty relational people before we started doing DMM, but uh, the DNA, I mean, like John 15, the DNA is is that love that you have for one another. It's, you know, it's, it's, it, John, the, the, the vine, the branch, and the love that the Father had before me, before the foundation of the world, I share with you, and I'll go share with others. And there's that, that relational soil. If that, if that's missing, you also don't have a person of peace. I mean, and, you know, for us, where, where we started out, we were serving in a more traditional church. And in Hong Kong, we have had missionaries here for 150 years. So there is a very established church culture, but it's just, sm- it's not been able to break through to the larger society. It's about, you know, 5% maybe of the population and they're just not really, not able to, I know they want to, they're not able to to see movement amongst the kind of the, the larger, either idol worshiping or atheistic community. And, um, so we found that you're stepping, you're taking a step back from any kind of institutionalism, and you're you're stepping, up, taking a step back into. I'm making friends who I share Jesus with. Yeah, mm. you know, yeah. And, and if you know the person of peace. So sometimes we'd run ac- across people who've been around the fringes of church, and they, they see, like you said, they seem hungry. They seem to, you know, maybe they're not going to a church right now, but they seem to know some of the language. They. They almost kind of find an identity in in always finding new people to evangelize them. <laughs> or, you know, and they're kind of hanging around. And we, you know, that's sometimes going to be hard to break through because they've developed an immunity to obedience. They love to hear, 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 but they've developed an immunity to obedience. So we we really just, we try to really, at least my wife and I, we have different people in our group who work in different contexts, but we've tried to really distance ourselves from those who've been kind of orbiting, you know, institutional church. And just find those people who are become our friends. And at the beginning, it, it can be tough because they really don't look anything like a Christian. Or they don't even look anything like a good, they might not look anything like a good prospect for, evangel, for your evangelism. It, you know, um, but there is something that you meet them and they like you. And they want to spend time with you. And I, we look for something at least called two-way hospitality. And and what I mean by that is, in our access ministries, you know, again, we our access ministries are very, very informal. They're they're things like birthday parties, going to the beach together, getting to know people at the playground when we play in there with our kids, and you know, setting up play dates. It's that kind of thing. and we'll do that with you know, anybody that God brings your way, we'll, we'll, we're trying to bless everyone, but we look for the people who, in a sense, decide that they want to bless us back. They're Like, we've invited them to a birthday party. now they invite us to a birthday party. You know We had a meal with them. They insist next time to invite us over to their house, and they cook the meal. And, and we look for that too. We, even before we, for us at least, before we are seeing much spiritual growth. You know, they might not know the language, they might still be worshipping idols, they might, they don't know the difference between the, a Bible and the hole in the ground. They just, they're just so clueless, and it feels like it goes so slow, but they don't want to get out of your life, and they and, and they initiate hospitality. They're asked you know, in, in, in Hong Kong, the houses are very small, so often people don't invite us into their house, like, you know, it talks about the person of peace will invite you, you know, stay with them. But what they'll do is they'll invite us into their network in some way. They'll invite us into a hospitality space in some way. They'll invite us to a restaurant. They'll they'll introduce us to their friends. And, and out of that eventually the conversations will turn spiritual and then you know for us we often will have what I call a proto-DBS. So these people are so unfamiliar with church and churchy things that if you know if we if we tried to launch a very formal DBS they would They'd probably, you know, it'd be like the Wicked Witch of the West. I'm melting. I'm melting. This is too intense, you know. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, what we do is we have conversations. We begin to say, you know, and they begin to talk about serious things. I'm, I'm worried about my, my daughter because she's not doing well at school, and I'm, I'm, I'm worried that you know how is she, how, how going to be able to do well and blah blah blah. And then, then we say, you know, well, that's really interesting, you know. I, I read something in, in in the Bible. can I share it with you you know and and we look to share that one verse that you know as opposed to sharing like the whole story of Noah, you know all three chapters of of Noah and the Ark. we share that one verse and then and then we ask, but well, what do you think of that and if they if they respond positively then it's game on for us that's that's when i start when I start walking down that road, you know we've been eating they've they've invited us into their home, they're feeding us. They're, they're, they're showing interest in relating and relating to us as a peer. That's another thing. When you've been around a lot of institutional church ministry, sometimes you're, you look at ministry, you know, let's go out and pass out food to the hungry, which is, which is wonderful. But a lot of times the, if, if you're just, if you're focused on the people you're passing out food to, it's hard to develop a peer relationship because it's a, kind of a top down thing. You're really needy, and I, I'm going to give you something. And you can, you can create this kind of a strange, imbalanced relationship. But, you know, sometimes we, you get farther with, instead of trying to start your DBS with those people, see if you can invite some harvest people to help you with your passing out food, who have a heart for other. You know, they don't know Jesus, but they have a heart for the, the poor. And it seems like for us, you begin to develop a peer relationship with those people. So you, you, know, you, you, you invite them to, hey, let's go have a coffee. And then the next time they invite you, and they pay. They insist on it.
0: Yeah. That's uh, some fantastic principles there. You know, the, the chemistry principle uh, that, that you're just sharing, a, a friendship principle. This is so highly relational. There's a lot of laughter or there's a lot of tears because you get involved in their lives and the pain. But it's, it's relational. And uh, that's why you can't pass them on to others because, you know, as someone once said, you don't give away your children. It becomes, as Apostle Paul says, you know, father-children almost. You're birthing something there. Uh, But the power imbalance that you're just talking about, Mike, and peer relationship, empowerment, you're really there. As a peer, and and you discover God, they discover God, and and God has no favourites, right? So so the institutional model is: as a pastor, I walk in and I've got all the answers, and I I tell you, but as a as a DMM worker, you walk in as an empowerer for others to find God, and uh, so I'm I'm hearing that I go into this northern suburbs of Melbourne, I start praying like crazy. I slow down, I observe the culture, I'm looking for a person of peace, but I'm looking for the chemistry, and I'm looking for an open door with chemistry, fun, that, that's got integrity and relationship involved. And then I, then I go on a journey of discovery with them that's conversational, um, that's uh, fed by hunger, it's peer relationship, it's not me providing everything for them. And uh, we 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 see a group started and um, don't do a DBS straight away. Ah, oh, you smiled at me. Do you want to look at Genesis chapter one? You know, you, you slow down <laughs> and, and and you just uh, you just see where they're up to, and you're looking at the points of need where God is intersecting them and bringing in the scriptures and slowly developing that. Just fantastic conversation, guys, and. Um, We've, uh, we've been going long enough, but I'm hungry for more, so I want to set up another time where we can go and say, well, once we've got a group happening, what will happen after that? And But that's another conversation. I um, really, really appreciate it. And for those who are listening, you've been listening not to theory, but to practitioners. You're listening to people who are in the harvest doing this and starting groups, and um, I trust you've been blessed. There's just so many good principles here that have been shared about how you can jump into a, into a harvest area where you're not really sure what to do, and you start with these principles, and you start making disciples in the harvest. Fantastic. Mike, I just want to throw it to you now, mate. Would you uh, finish this off um, and uh, encourage the listener and uh, give us something to walk away with?
2: Well, I I know, just having listened to Mel and Steve, I know they would agree with me 100% that you're never going to stop growing your prayer ministry in all of this. And, um, you know, all these things we talk about, they're, they're all important, but especially at the beginning, prayer is number one. And you've got to be thinking about how do I spend, how do I spend more time praying myself and my family? And how do I multiply other people to pray with me? and um you know you know Jesus went into we're in the season of fasting here we're following along with practice 40 days of fasting before easter and you know Jesus had that he he went out into the wilderness and he won he 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 had to win the battle in the spiritual he had to frame up what he was going to do in the spiritual he had to overcome the enemy in the spiritual realm before he could see that manifested in the natural, and um, you know, I, I was—it was this podcast. I was listening to the time when you interviewed Dave Watson, uh, Dave, Dave number one, Dave number two. Uh, you interviewed Dave Watson, and he said something to the effect of, uh, "Those first that those first years, you should be spending sixty percent of your time praying and working on arranging for more prayer." and multiplying prayer, and I, I just, I, in our own experience, I, I cannot stress how that's been so crucial for us, especially if you're in a, if you're a, in an area with a lot of idolatry and occult activity and that kind of thing, you've just got to get out there, you've got to, you've got to figure out, how do I pray more, how do I, in every, how do I, you know, quantity and quality, um... So, you know, at any in any of these phases, I I've I've never met a person who was really struggling with DM who could not be benefited by figuring out creative ways to increase their prayer and to and to catalyze other people to pray. So um and, and that'll 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 do two things. That'll work on your harvest, that'll that'll do that'll unleash things in the harvest that you need to see that'll work towards things like finding the person of peace and developing leaders, all that kind of stuff. But it, it answers the question of how do I stay motivated? You know, if, if you're just working on, if you're just, if you're trying to build a DMM, see a DMM occur, something out of your, out of your personal ambition, something cause you're having a midlife crisis and you want to, you want to feel like you did something with your life that's just not enough, you know. It, there's just so much that goes into this. It's it, you've you've got to be having that vital daily connection with God, getting His heart for the harvest, and 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 you know. And then we don't keep going by the results. It's nice when you start to see results, but you keep going because you're 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 I don't know how else to say you're in communion with the Lord a lot. You're you're with you're you're spending a lot of time with him, and he is your reward. He's your reward, and out of the fullness of that, there is an overflow called DMM. Uh, when you when you when you push that a little bit in the direction of obedience and and fulfillment of the Great Commission, you you know you're in a good place to see a a, a, a disciple making movement happen. But so that, that, that's my final word, I guess. I, I I can't emphasize it enough. I you know. Um, we we started off with lots of all night prayer meetings lots of extended prayer meetings and um, we just had to push the envelope we had to break our paradigm of what prayer looked like in a positive way we had to push the envelope in increasing and multiplying prayer and, and out of that we began to see some progress so that's all I guess that's, I don't know I can say it if DMM is just a prayer meeting gone out of control. That's all it is. It's just a viral, metastasizing prayer meeting that has taken over the system and you can't stop it. <laughs> that's, and that's how Jesus did. That's how the early church did. It you know, you know how did how did they find a person like Paul? How did they find you know Paul and Barnabas and Mark and They were praying. They were praying. You know, all these things that we think are important: leadership development, deployment. They were just happened to be praying a lot. Praying, fasting, worshipping, ministry to the Lord. And God interrupted their prayers and says, Okay, here's the next step to reach the world. Appoint John, Mark, and Paul, and Barnabas to send them out. You know, and look at the results. <laughs> so, so Jesus, I just... Uh, wow, we just come into your presence right now, God. And you, you are the living God. You are the living. You are, you are all-consuming fire, Lord. You're the all-consuming fire of love. And you have, you have broken into this world. You are, you are the the blueprint of mission. You are the missional God. You were incarnate. You sent your Son Jesus Christ into this dark world. You became like us. You humbled yourself to our lowly, uh, broken estate in this world. And you showed us, you showed us all of this. You, we get it all from you. This blueprint is yours, God. You showed us how to pray. You showed us how to win the, the battle with the devil. You showed us how to to fast and to worship. And, and you showed us how to obey the word. And then you showed us how to, you know, go out in the power of the spirit and appoint people appoint and create teams and uh, deploy and empower people to go out and heal and cast out demons, raise the dead and preach the gospel. So you are our prototype. We cannot do this without your power. We cannot. And this world needs your power, God. (laughs) This broken world, we need your power. I pray that you would come and touch and anoint everybody listening today to this podcast I pray you would come and touch them with that spirit of mission I pray you would come and meet them, I pray you would meet them in their own prayer meeting whether it's just them or their family or or the group that they've gathered I pray you would just come and touch them God and, and deploy them and empower them and set them apart for the gospel, God. Set them apart, Lord. Set them apart. Sustain them, God. And God, what more can we ask that you touch people and send them out? I don't know what else to ask. I I won't even add to that. Just do like you did in the gospels and the book of Acts. Just set people apart, touch them, send them out, God. With that fire in their belly and the, the burning coal on their lips. Send them out, God. Send them out, Lord. All across the world, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.